Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oppenheim Group is getting more listings, homes are bigger, the land is bigger, and the commission is bigger. I just got a Google alert from TMZ. Justin Hartley files for divorce. Oh my God. Hi. Is this blindsided you? I really want to be excited for my wedding, but obviously it's overshadowed by Chriselle's divorce. Let me take control. Obviously, Justin has his own side, right? I don't want to do this anymore. The crazy way in which this went down. People want answers. I want answers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I'm starting the show off a little bit different today because I want to talk about Selling Sunset, Netflix's newest sensation. And uh, after I talk Selling Sunset with my friend Hannah Brown, I'm going to do a Potomac recap. So you can fast forward. I'll put the timestamp in the episode description if you just want that. But for now, I have friend of the show, Hannah Brown, on the line to talk about uh, my new Netflix obsession. Hannah, how are you doing today? Oh my gosh, I am doing absolutely fantastic. And I just want to say, don't fast forward, you guys. Listen to us talk about Selling Sunset. Yeah, we need to be heard. We need to know that we're being heard. heard. I have opinions, and in the words of Valerie Cherish, I need to know that I'm being heard. (laughs) Uh, I love her, Valerie Cherish. If you've never watched the comeback on HBO, (laughs) stop this podcast and immediately go watch. Immediately! Uh, Hannah, I have got to talk to you about Selling Sunset. So I didn't care for season one. I just didn't understand the rules of the game we were playing. And so I, I watched it, but I didn't like love it. I thought it was okay. It was good. Um, and then season two came around, loved it. Season three, which just premiered. Now I'm fully obsessed with it. Like, I think it's the future of television and I love it. What do you think? Honestly, I had a very similar trajectory to yours because I watched season one. Couldn't fucking tell you a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally was just like, okay, it felt like a fever dream of sorts. I didn't know what we were doing to your point. I didn't understand. By season three, I was like, oh, this is like Hillsian Adam DeVello realness. I love the transition music. It's giving me everything that Bravo has stopped giving me. Right. It's very slow paced. There was an article in the New York Post, I believe, where which called it Xanax. And I like I was like, I couldn't agree more. When I put it on, it's like I feel like my heart rate's at like a steady ninety nine BPM usually. And yeah. it like lowers to a fifty nine BPM when I'm watching Selling Sunset. It's like everything's calmer, everything's cooler. Uh, it's a, the house porn is actually, I think my favorite part of it. Like I love just looking at the houses. You could kind of like take the, take a nap in the middle of the episode. And then when you wake up, it's, you're just seeing like some gorgeous house porn. Yes. Yes. I mean, I always say like what I look for in a program of any kind is like, can I be hungover in bed and still watch this Mm. and selling sunset? I like soaked in season three on a Saturday morning. I just stayed in bed. I got up at like eight and then I just like kept it going until I was done. And it was a beautiful morning. And I wasn't hung over that day for anyone who was curious, but it was still a great experience. And season three gave us like drama. Like I felt like that was missing from season one and two. And mm-hmm. season three, we got this like real world drama with Chriselle and the Dustin Heartless. And <laughs> it was fantastic. Like that little, I, and Matt even got on board my boyfriend. He doesn't normally watch the reality TV with me. Although we have been binging an old season of Top Chef. Have, do you ever watch Top Chef? No, I've never gotten into Top Chef. Okay, I would like to recommend it because a lot everyone had always said Top Chef was good. And I think I watched maybe like one of the very early seasons when it was on back in the early aughts. But I yeah. never, I just like never really got on board. And then I loved Padma's Hulu show. And so I, yes. I started surveying people and I asked Ben from Watch What Crappens, like, what season should I watch? And he suggested uh, Chicago, which is season four. And so we're like towards the tail end of that. And I like I'm obsessed with it. And it's sort of frustrating because like I don't have anyone to talk to about it 
because mm-hmm. it aired 15 years ago or something. <laughs> but uh, it's fantastic. And I hear every season's well, good. I heard Chicago and Vegas, which is, I believe, season six, are like where to start. Is it all on the Bravo app or is it on Hulu? It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Okay. I, here's the thing. It I might be on the Bravo time. app too. I don't know. I have a hard time with cooking shows because I get hungry mm-hmm. and I just get angry that, you know, all I have in my refrigerator is like peas and like a sad vegetarian burger, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not even a vegetarian. I just buy them because they, they're good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt's currently vegetarian and it's really stressing our home life um, because I'm not. Really? Yeah. So do you have to make separate dinners? Is it like just everyone fends for themselves? Yeah. I mean, like, he does more of the cooking than I do. So sometimes I'll like see what he's cooking and I'll just glare at him because I'll be mad that I'm, you know, it's not like a cheeseburger or something. But I've also been on a weird diet because of, you know, I've had these stomach issues. So I haven't really been able to eat normal. So the Mm -hmm. things that I can eat, it's like, I'm not going to think about a whole nother diet. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's just a lot. It's like too many different diets. Yeah. Yeah. So I end up just eating like toast. That's Every so meal, so you're like on like, like like a flu diet. Basically, yeah. It's like called the low FODMAP diet, which is really I don't know, it's not important. Um anyway, but Top <laughs> Chef is really uh it's really good. I am into it. But um mm-hmm. oh selling sunset. That's what we're here to talk about. Yes. No, we're here to talk about suits. <laughs> so we're this is our suits pop dive. Somebody just asked <laughs> me for us to do it for we had mentioned we were gonna do a suits pop dive. The <laughs> yeah. USA the mid level USA hit. And uh, we have no, not done it yet. Our first ever podcast together, y'all, we talked about Practical Magic, and we went on a, like, several Suits tangents. <laughs> I've still never seen an episode of Suits, by the way. Me neither. <laughs> I'm not even 100% convinced that it exists. I know Katherine Heigl is on it, or was on it, or is going to be on it. Um, but it does possibly exist. And maybe one day I'll watch an episode. Yep, justice for Catherine. She's been is, punished enough. Is that the show that Piper Paraboo from Coyote Ugly is on, or is she on something like Rizzoli and Isles or something like that? I, they're all the same show to me, me to too. be perfectly honest. I don't think she's on Suits, and I don't think she's on Rizzoli. <laughs> what was that other one, Franklin and Bash? Like, what the fuck are these shows? I don't know that like, I believe they these, exist. Who are these people? The only reason I know that Suits exists is because Because I'd Said So is one of my favorite bad movies. Mm. It's five stars and also one star. Um, it's trying to be a Nancy Myers movie and failing. I'm pretty sure I've said that before. But Gabriel Macht is perfection in it with his hand tattoo. And that's what led me to even knowing that Suits existed. Because I remember seeing that movie and being like, who is this beautiful man? And what else has he done? Wow. So yeah. he is on a show called Suits. So he is on a show. Does Rizzoli, and Isles, does Rizzoli and Isles exist still? I, I think that was canceled in like 2007, Wait. but I'm not sure. <laughs> We're going way off board, but have you been on the Peacock <laughs> app at all? I mean, I watch all the boats, Bethany Ever oh, After on right. it. Right. Well, when I logged on to watch Bethany Ever After, it said like Psych 2, like the TV show Psych. And it was like, I don't know if it was a sequel series or a movie. I'm like, what? they're still making Psych? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, like, I never watched an episode of that either, so I'm not sure if i'm sure somebody listening loves these shows um i know or like mike and molly my parents loved mike and molly oh, they loved it <laughs> and it was on the air for like 12 years mm-hmm. or like something wild yeah they, really, they had uh, melissa mccarthy stuck in that contract forever she was not getting out yeah. of that you know i am convinced that i helped cast mike and molly because she was when i was in la uh, Melissa McCarthy was at the Groundlings and I was taking classes there and I would go see shows and everything. And my friend worked for the casting people for Mike and Molly and they were looking yeah. for uh, a, a comedian to fill that role. And I had recommended uh, Molly or um, Melissa McCarthy because I had been seeing her at Groundlings. I was like, she's going to be huge. You know, like a cigarette in my mouth. I don't smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I had like a whiskey and a cigarette in my mouth and I was like, she's going to be huge. And um, I had told my friend, and he was the one who suggested to bring her in. I'm sure they would have brought her in anyway, but I do feel like I deserve a residual check for all those episodes of Mike and Molly. You're responsible for a lot of really iconic moments on our televisions, including but not loaded to Melissa McCarthy and Mike and Molly, and also Stassi and Ariana's um, Christmas in July party. I know. I, that was my idea, the Christmas in July party. I 100% your idea. <laughs> Wait, speaking of, this will bring us back to Selling Sunset. So did yes. you see that Sheena is in a fight with Chriselle, or they have like a little feud going? So Okay, Sheena, I saw this on Twitter, and I'm like, what the fuck? 
I know, it's devastating. Sheena had a podcast episode where she had Christine on, the villain of Selling Sunset, <gasps> and Chriselle's arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. Although I would argue that the real villain of Selling Sunset is Davina, but we'll get to her. We will get to her. <laughs> oh, I hate her. Oh, I hate her. Um, Me but uh, Chriselle had apparently been close with friends with Sheena or something. I didn't get to listen to the whole thing, so forgive me. But I guess they talk about it on this podcast, and I I heard a little, little snippet of it. And so now Sheena and Chriselle have like this little feud going, or they're not friends anymore uh, since this whole thing. And I got to tell you, like I have interviewed a lot of people on my podcast, and mm-hmm. I usually have people's numbers, you know, for either scheduling purposes or if we're doing a phone interview like this. And mm-hmm. I don't make a habit of like texting the people that have been on the show because like I don't, we're not friendly, you know, we're just, I've had them on my show. I don't want to like bug them during off times yeah. and, yeah. you know, text them. But I did text Sheena and I was like, Sheena, I'm devastated to hear about this feud between you guys. And I told her that she needs to get a realtor license and join the Oppenheim group. <laughs> I feel like Sheena would be an incredible addition to that show, though. Like, I think she's perfectly on brand also. And this is not me trying to age shame anyone, but are her and Chriselle around the same age? Because if that's the case, that's really wild to me because I view Sheena like a euphoria mm. kid. Right. And then Chriselle is like, you know, like she has this like maternal energy to her. I feel like Sheena does a really good job of aging herself down. Like, yes. she, I don't know if it's just her look or what it is, but you're right. She's got like a euphoria kid look. Yeah, she's like Benjamin Button, just going backwards. Yeah, and I think sort of all of that cast, we sort of have them in Arrested Development where we just think, like, I think of that whole, I mean, I guess Jax I think of as like an old man. I hate even saying his name. (laughs) I might have to beep it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you'll have to put a star in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) I think of that old man. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody online. Charlie, yeah. I saw a few people online say that. Chriselle is who like Britney wishes she was or thinks she Wait, is. I just made a note in my phone before we got on the phone to say this. Yes. Yeah, they're like both from Kentucky and like Chriselle comes across as like so sweet. And I find Chriselle just like perfection. I love her. And I'm like yes, rooting she's for like, She's like a cupcake with like sprinkles. Mm-hmm. Like sweet and cute. She's very much the Lauren Conrad of the show. Um but Yeah, but yeah. she's actually likable. And she's likable and she's sweet and I have all of the good things. And then there's Brittany. <laughs> Brittany is not a cupcake. I will. Ju- I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. We were all a little bamboozled though. I was bamboozled by Brittany. I never was. I had a bad feeling about her and I'm just, I, I'm so happy. Everyone's finally on my level. Like I feel like I'm Bethany on scary Island and she's Kelly Clore Ben Simone. And when Bethany is like, it's the best dinner party I've ever had. Like that's how I feel. I, Let's go down the list for a second. Let's talk about Maya. I feel like very connected to Maya. And I know she's not sort of like the breakout star of the show. But something about her I love. I, I so agree. I love Maya. Like I want to hang out with her, get a drink with her. She's like in on the joke. She's very observant. She knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also incredibly soothing. Like, I just like her vibe. Like, she doesn't give a fuck. Everything's low stakes. She's doing her own thing. I could yeah. do without maybe like one or two of the mentions of her having a child or like being pregnant. It feels like every time they like remind us that, and it's like, we know she's mm-hmm. pregnant. We get it. Right. Um, but she, they like leave that sound bite every time. But she's very bizarre. <laughs> One of the things I love about the show is sometimes they keep those like really quiet moments in of the office that like normal Mm -hmm. shows would cut out. And there was that one scene, I think it was in season three, where they were just sitting around at their computers and Maya's like, it's like the silent of the lambs. And it was like, (laughs) stupid. (laughs) It was so weird that they kept that in. And I was like, I love that. The editor's like, yeah, we're going to keep that in. I love like a failed attempt at a pop culture reference Mm because I feel like I do that frequently. Um, yeah, it's very endearing. Like that tangent you just went on about because I said so? I literally was just going to say that. Like that that show, that movie that was not a hit at all. (laughs) Not at all a hit. Queen Mandy is in it, okay? I know, I love, look, I love that movie too, so I'm not one to judge. I owned it on DVD at one point in my life. (laughs) Um, but... Yeah, so I love Maya. I love her vibe. She doesn't really have a storyline so much on the show, but I'm like very into her. And I, I hope that they don't follow their instincts and get rid of her because I feel like if I was producing that show, I would think, well, like, what is she really at? She doesn't really get in the mix at all. 
with the yeah. women I feel. And she also, she's busy having babies. She's got her broker's license in Florida. I feel like the mm-hmm. instinct would be, let's get rid of Maya. And I just, I would encourage them not to because I love her. I totally agree. And I think like, but I also think if Maya were to get removed from the show, I think she would feel nothing. Like, I truly don't think mm. she would care. Whereas Davina is like, I am earning my check because <sighs> otherwise I will get kicked off this show. Because up until she started drama and really just leaned into like being an asshole, she really didn't bring much to the table. Yeah. I, I honestly don't even remember her being in season one or two. Like, I don't remember her even being there. And I know no. they, they edited her out of the promo materials, so she's, like, not in a lot of the posters or the, <laughs> or the billboards. <laughs> and she was, like, the catalyst for the finale. Like, and she was still, she's still so unlikable that even though she is, like, the villain that's driving the storylines, they were still like, well, mm-hmm. you're not going on the poster because you're still too bland. <laughs> so bland that was the thing even when she was trying to i don't want to jump ahead i don't know what your plan is but like even no, in the, the the point at christine's wedding where she was like i think she's upset that's how i feel i feel that chriselle is very upset but i also feel that there are two sides to every story like there was this like bland robotic way of like mm-hmm. i could tell she was like trying to be mean and start drama but she's just so fucking boring that like while it was obviously fun to watch i was also just like oh you're not like a villain in the way that like you know if we're gonna make a hills reference like a Kristen cavallari was a villain Mm -hmm. you know what i mean she doesn't have like the personality for it yeah i totally agree i my blood was boiling at that fucking goth wedding or whatever the that nightmare before christmas themed wedding it yes, was... it was like Carmen Electra and Dave Navarro's wedding all fucking over again. And I just want to say, here's another tangent. <laughs> Wait, did they you. air their wedding on TV? I don't recall. Yeah, they had like they had like their gothic version of like newlyweds. You remember they would just give any like f- sort of famous couple a TV show. They were like, well, you guys, people sort of know you, so we'll give you a TV show. Yeah, what the fuck yeah, is that? and they were sort of yeah, they were like the hot topic version of Nick and Jessica. Oh my goodness. I, um, I'm, it's all coming back to me now. Celine it's all Dio. flooding back. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that Christine at that wedding in her reception outfit, when she was wearing that like black, very like slinky dress reminded me of the scene in the Swan princess where, <laughs> where that like, that like small, like assistant lady to the villain Rothbart um, or Rothbarth, whatever his name is, she turns herself into Odette and she arrives at the ball in a slinky black dress. And that's who Christine was channeling. Oh my goodness. Do you think, <laughs> you know, Christine must have been so pissed that she did this wedding. And I think she thought that the wedding was going to be like the focal point of this big uh, finale. And it yeah. was like no one cared at all about Christine. The wedding was like barely a blip on this TV show. And yep. it was all about Chriselle. And I just was imagining Christine watching this episode and thinking like her, her blood must've been boiling the way ours was, but for a different reason, like she must've been so livid that this oh air, gosh, the yeah. air time that this wedding got was next to nothing. Totally. She was like in sort of a place of Maleficent, like sitting on a throne with like a crow on her shoulder, like drinking wine out of a goblet, watching and just like fuming. It looked like such a weird wedding, too, because like I didn't notice anyone dancing or the reception seemed weird. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I almost thought it was all staged by the TV show because we know this show is obviously like very, very produced and and scripted and staged. And it's so clear. And I'm sure we won't really know the extent of it until like years later, like on the hills, how we learned years later, people are like, well, Whitney's like, I wasn't even in that scene, but they green screen <laughs> me in. <or> yeah. <laughs> Whitney's last season was just a CGI version of herself. and <laughs> <laughs> A hologram of Whitney. <laughs> Whitney, the blandest person to ever lead a show, a spinoff. Um, oh my god! I know Kelly Catrone carried the spinoff, and so did Olivia Palermo. But that's neither here nor there. I did love the city too. I loved it. It was underrated. I wish it would have gone on forever. But but we can't just pretend that Whitney wasn't the blandest person ever. The blandest person on the planet, and she was it's, dating that Australian musician Jay, and he's like, "I love you, wait," and she, even though he ditched her all the time. I'm still so fascinated by the Hills casting. It's like they they had Lauren as the lead and they were like, we need to make Lauren pop. So let's get in people who are even <laughs> more bland than Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> more. Any way to make her pop. So let's bring in Audrina. Let's bring in Whitney. Let's <laughs> let's give Jen Bunny some scenes. It was like yeah. anyone, anyone that uh, would make Lauren look better. 
I just feel like everyone on the hills is like a girl who would have been mean to me in eighth grade. So like as much as I love that show, I'm also like, I just feel like you're all boring and you're all rude. Yeah. I love the show yeah. though. Did you love it? You know who I did love on the show was Lo. I loved her since Laguna Beach because I always felt like she had a personality, right? Like, yes, she had like some attitude, as especially on Laguna Beach. It always felt like she was the one who was kind of giving me me some smart alley, uh, smart alecky comment, Mm -hmm. judging the others. Like, I liked her, and even on the hills when she came in later in the in the run of the hills. And I yep. just saw an interview with her where she was promoting her new business line. And the uh, person, I think it was Us Weekly, you can, people can look it up. I think it was Us Weekly. And okay. she's saying how she never do reality TV. She said she wouldn't even cameo on the Hills reboot and blah, blah, blah. And it, she just seemed to have, and maybe this was me just being defensive or something of the show or because I love the Hills so much, but mm-hmm. ju- it just bugged me so much how this attitude she had. And it was almost, it felt to me watching her interview as if she was so above it. And then she didn't want to talk about the Hills that much. Like the interviewer was trying to get her to answer these questions. And she just Mm -hmm. kept bringing it back to her business. And that annoys me as an interviewer. And I'm sure you could relate. Oh, my God. It's like, okay, they're only talking to you about your business because you are on the Hills. Like no one's interested in this business. It's not a hugely successful business. I'm not saying it's. It isn't successful at all by any means, but the reason why you're getting this Us Weekly interview or this People magazine or whatever is because people want to hear about the Hills. So then to not want to talk about it, it's it's like, well, then we're not going to promote your business. Right. There has to be a give and take. There has to be a give and take. It's kind of like how Christian Bale won't talk about Newsies or like Anne Hathaway doesn't like talking about Princess Diaries. It's like, oh, but they don't. I didn't even know that was a thing. Is that that yes? (gasps) So very upsetting. So very upsetting. Yes. And it's like you, like, yeah, acknowledge where you started that sort of built you into the, you know, beloved figure you are today. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just have some respect for, you know, from whence you came and that's also, I will the people say, that follow yeah. you and that are buying things from your companies or or whatever supporting your causes they're doing it because they loved you from this thing from the past so right now listen i've tried two of low bosworth's love wellness co don't do this uh, to me, vitamins i i took uti don't think so it's great for avoiding a uti okay and wait, i took stop yeah that's the what? name of the vitamin yeah ut i don't think so oh my god can we just have a moment of silence for that yeah okay go ahead what else did you say now it worked i haven't (laughs) all clear (laughs) all clear um it's like a cranberry probiotic and then also i tried bye bye bloat which um you know i don't know i don't know if it works or not who's to say you know, I used to have a friend, Jamie, forgive me if I've already told this story, but we used to, uh, he had some sort of health issue. It was like very minor. It wasn't a serious thing. And one time uh, we were all hanging out and having some cocktails and somebody thought he w- said he had a UTI, which is again, no big deal, whatever. But mm-hmm. he got like so mad about it, like so defensive. So then, <laughs> at, then it became like a running gag that it was like, Oh, Jamie's got a UTI. And so we would, <laughs> he would get like so mad. So we'd be out of like the bar or dinners and he'd be like, Jamie, how's that UTI? And like in front. <laughs> Which again, nothing wrong with the UTI. It was just like the thing that you know how you you jab your friends a little bit when you know something bugs them. Anyway, totally. we've all been there. We've all been there. So who among <laughs> us? Anyway, so you liked you support her line. I I support her line, but I'm frustrated to hear that news that she doesn't want to acknowledge that she was on the hills because and Laguna Beach because I agree. Like even when she was on Laguna Beach, she kind of had like a 30 year old energy. Like she was just mm-hmm. so mature and like well spoken and like sassy and just like everything i would want out of a reality tv show reality tv show tv show star um because she was everything that you know everyone else on that show was not which is dynamic and interesting and funny yeah maybe you would watch the interview and get something different from it i just got that vibe and also it's like you wouldn't even make a cameo on the show what wouldn't you want to go back to the reboot to help your business i mean that's why whitney port's there whitney port's not getting in the mix on the hills reboot she's just going in for uh, a crest white strip promo and (laughs) and advertise whatever the fuck she's selling yep (laughs) oh so (laughs) selling sunset um okay so selling sunset who else are we missing oh amanda okay Amanza. Love Amanza. Me too. Me too. She had a real journey this season, the most recent one. She did. Um, I think she's so beautiful. I loved seeing her with her kids. She, I just, I found her 
Wonderful. I was just so she. I was most invested in like her personal storyline. I'm like, I, she, I want her to sell these houses. I want yes. Meanwhile, Davina couldn't sell that seventy five million dollar house. It's still oh it listed, my god, Hannah. That seventy five million is still listed on the website. She hasn't sold it yet. Serves her right. She's she's and then when she got all mad that she looked dumb during her meeting with that man because Christine like didn't tell her that she already showed it. I was just like, Davina, don't like blame the fact that you're not good at your job on everybody else. Meanwhile, Amanza sold the house. She got to ring the bell. She's oh, driving. We love bell. to see it. We yeah. love to see that bell. When she rang it, oh chills. Clang, clang, fi- clang. <laughs> do you find those two little pockets, uh the two little men um oh, mm-hmm. attractive? Oh, no, absolutely not. They give me the heebie-jeebies. They're actually kind of triggering because I grew up in a, um, they look like a lot of the guys that I went to high school with where they're like short, but have like ridiculously large egos and like think they're better looking than they are. And I'm just like, not about it. That was kind of harsh. (laughs) They're always surrounded by these tall, beautiful Amazon women. And it is sort of like, I I get confused about everyone's height on the show. Because when they're next to Christine, I'm like, is she nine foot tall? Or are they like, I don't understand the measurements. And like, I need to get a ruler out or something. Yeah, I mean, like, are they tall enough to like go on the water slide at your local water park? I don't know. The jury's out. I gotta be honest. I find them kind of sexy. I said it. You said what you said. I mean, I'm not proud of it. Do you think they have big dick energy? No. <laughs> can you tell them from, can you tell one from the other? Can you the tell thing, Jason from the Brett? The thing that I like, I always like shorter, shorter guys and Matt's not short, but I like shorter mm-hmm. guys because I feel like they're, they work a little harder in the bedroom, I think. Oh, sure. But I, not yeah. if they, but you know, if they're a little too cocky, it's the opposite. I don't know if that works. Yeah. But. And they're very rich. So like, maybe they think that that's reason enough to not work harder in the bedroom. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you I don't know. Mary, do you think say? they give Mary preferential treatment? I think yes, and I also think like one of them like definitely has hooked up with Heather or like wants to. You know, Heather was bugging me so much when that scene where Christine was like, "Uh, you call the paparazzi," and she's like, "No, I don't." And she was getting so mad. <laughs> yeah, and, she's like, "Honestly, you fucking piss me off," and then she like storms. And let out. me clear it up for listeners, in case people aren't sure, she does call the paparazzi. <laughs> People, paparazzi aren't just waiting outside of a house in Sherman Oaks, you know, or or the house oh, in my Sherman God. Oaks. Like, yes. in order to get, unless you're maybe a Britney Spears or something like that, they would be waiting out of a grocery store. But people like Heather from Selling Sunset, it's like no one's waiting outside of a grocery store to get her picture. Like, those people have to get called. And I don't think a lot of people understand how press works. Even we were talking about Vanderpump Rules and. There was, uh, you know, all these photos when Stassi had, uh, after oh. she announced her pregnancy where she's, she's out shopping and she's got the, she's like kind of got her hand on her stomach. And it's like, those things are all, I, look, you, you can be naive and think oh, the paparazzi were just waiting to like photograph them. But look at, since that photograph, have we seen them again? It's, they've surely been out and about. So why haven't we seen them again? It's like, we saw them that time because somebody called, uh, the paparazzi or the Us Weekly or the whatever I mean, it's the her outlet. PR, her PR guy, yeah. And I mean, also, I love how the Stasi stands are like, our girl looking radiant. And it's like, well, yeah, of course she looks radiant. She fucking knew she'd be photographed today. I'm sorry. Valley Village, there is no paparazzi in fucking Valley Village waiting outside Katie Maloney's house. Like, they were called. Yeah, I mean, it's just naive to to think that. And there there is an argument to be made, like maybe – they didn't know when they were going to be photographed or something, but like they usually will hire a PR person uh, or make a deal with a magazine like an Us Weekly or People or OK or whatever. And, uh, you know, there'll be a deal where it's like they'll, you know, get the first photos and stuff. It's just anyway. So Heather, it's like uh, very clear to me that, yes, she hired a PR person or she, you know, was trying to get in the magazine, whatever. But she pretended yeah. like it was such a surprise. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, say what you want about Christine, but I think she really owns that she, like, loves being rich and she loves being famous and she, like, loves just opulence overall. And, like, I feel like she's someone who would totally admit if she called the paparazzi on herself, which is why she was calling out Heather for denying it. Yeah. Yeah. I I fell in love with Christine this season, and I'm definitely Team Chriselle all the way. 
But I think Christine knows how to make good TV and she does a great job, especially on this kind of like snoozier show. I was Mm -hmm. so, by season three, every scene that Christine was in, I was like looking at what she was wearing. I was entertained by the sound bites. I thought she was giving it to us uh, in a way that I, I hope for any of these shows, reality shows we're watching. And it's like, it almost, she gives me what I, I want Erica Jane to give me. Like, I feel like Erica Jane gives us like the looks, but, mm-hmm. but she doesn't give us like the kind of evil villainous that we want. And Christine comes on screen and she'll be the evil villain if it calls for it. Um, and then she'll give us the looks and she'll, I don't know. She has a job to do. Yeah. And she knows it. And I also have to say, listen, while I think that pretty much everyone on this show, perhaps with the exception of a Davina or a Maya, um, I think everyone on this show is, like you said, it's kind of a snoozy show. Like, I feel like a lot of the women on the show aren't there because they're flipping tables a la Teresa Judice. Like, there is sort of a chill vibe to the show, but Christine is sort of like the the spiky energy. You know what I mean? She's prickly. I appreciate it. I wonder what they all imagine, because I don't think they all knew that the show would take off the way that it has. I feel like it's really having like a cultural moment. And I even mm-hmm. know people uh, in my family and stuff who don't watch things like Bravo, who are obsessed with Selling Sunset. It's like my uh, my sister-in-law, my parents, like everyone's watching mm-hmm. Selling Sunset right now. And I think mm-hmm. it appeals in a way that maybe because there's not a lot of heavy drama or something, and it is light and a lot of like house porn I think it's getting an audience that isn't there for, for Bravo. And I also think there's yeah. something to be said about people are getting tired of the Bravo formula. And so they're looking for different kind of shows. And I mean, yeah, to that. that's where I'm at where it's like, I love reality TV. I always will, but I just feel like Bravo. I mean, I've been watching it for over 10 years of my life now. And it's like, how many times can I see people get wasted and throw things at each other? And again, no shade to anyone who wants to get wasted or throw things at each other. It's just like, we've seen it all so many times that it's just hard for things to feel fresh. Whereas selling sunset definitely feels fresh and it feels like it's doing its own thing. And the house porn's fun. Although I will say if I were to make one note, I would like to see more houses that aren't just these like new sterile, like white marble situations. Like I want more of like a Spanish style, you know, Nancy mm -hmm. Myers moment with the house porn kind of like how in the holiday they had Kate Winslet's house, which was much more rustic. Yeah. And then Cameron Diaz, which was much more selling sunset style. Yes. Like I want a contrast as far as the kinds of houses. Yeah. I feel that, you know, speaking of Bravo, I just want them to go going forward to change up their formula a little bit or not be so concerned with taking chances. It feels like we've gotten away from taking many chances on Bravo. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's been frustrating for me as a Bravo viewer. It's like, I just want, I want them to put something else in the air. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Um, but I, I don't know. And, and maybe they have, and I just haven't caught on. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm bored during Roni, and that's really sending me into a big existential crisis. But you know, we can talk about that another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, are no. you what? Do you watch Below Deck? No. Okay. I hear it's wild though. This season's gotten wild. I I'm sort of new to Below Deck. Like I dip in and out. I'm new to Below Deck Med this season. So I've watched the mm-hmm. original. And there's this girl Malia, and I like I hate her as much as I hate Davina. But it was interesting because. I feel like they gave us a moment this week or, or in the past couple of weeks where we all had something to sort of talk about. And it was like a water cooler moment, even though I think most of the fans were so upset with this woman, Malia. Yes. And I don't know, it hasn't all played out yet as of when we're recording this. So it was, it ended on like a to be continued, but I'm curious to see where it mm-hmm. goes, but it, it did give us a moment that felt sort of like, uh, I don't know, a moment of Bravo yesteryear where it was like, everyone's talking about it and it was like something mm-hmm. fun and exciting uh, and I feel like we haven't had a lot of that lately on Bravo. Yeah, honestly, like I've seen so much chatter on like Instagram and Twitter about this most recent episode of Below Deck. And I'm like, maybe I should just tune into this season. Like maybe I yeah, should just, you, should. you know, dip in for funsies. But I, I feel like, I don't know about you, but it's like, I love pop culture, but sometimes I'm just simply too lazy to keep up with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about Selling Sunset specifically is that the episodes are short enough and the seasons are short enough that like, you're not, you don't need to spend, you know, three years of your life getting caught up on it. You can just, you're in, you're out, it's done. And then you can 100%. take part in the conversation. You know, I feel that way with most shows. I don't like when a show's over 40 minutes, like a, a Netflix, Hulu, like I hate when 
I'm trying to watch something and it's so fucking long. Yeah. Where the episodes are 59 minutes without commercials. It's like, I don't yeah. even, I'm not even interested in putting it on because even if I will end up getting hooked, it's like, it's too much of an effort. And then I usually will catch up on these shows at nighttime or, yeah. or you know, my boyfriend and I, we have these, the shows that we watch together and, you know, I, I can usually watch one or two episodes of something, but I don't want it to be like one super long episode that I'm watching before bed and, and struggling to stay awake to just get through the fucking episode. You know, I love that show, The Great on Hulu, but. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Is really it long? Good. Yeah, that's the only thing I don't like about it. It's like every time we go to think to put on an episode, it's already too late. And I'm like, well, I'll fall asleep. I'm also, it's so I fall asleep daunting. at like 1030 too, but. So do I. I literally like clockwork every night. I, that, well, that's why I haven't, um, I've been meaning to get caught up on Succession forever. I know you love Succession. Everyone long, loves it's Succession. too long, though. Yeah, I it's love it. So it's so long, and I'm so just overwhelmed. And like I was telling Jake, I'm like, we just need to like sit on the couch at like 9 a.m. on a Saturday, and just like that's the plan for the day. But like, it's just it's a really overwhelming mm-hmm. task when you think about it. Give me 24 minutes in and out. Um, in and out. In and out. Yeah, the great is great, but it's just too long. I, I and a lot of the shows. I mean, a, a lot of things or two it's like a Judd Apatow movie every fucking Judd Apatow movie should be 30 minutes shorter like where's his editor Staten Island I know who's editing that fucking plane I really don't appreciate movies that I feel like are made more for the people in the movie and making the movie than the people watching the movie I'm like shouldn't our needs as the audience be on your mind Judd yeah it's like it's self-indulgent I think it's so self-indulgent I know. And they let him do whatever he wants, but I'm sure they wouldn't let like a female filmmaker just go on for, uh, you know, 20 20 minutes past when it should end. No. Anyway, do you have any final thoughts on Selling Sunset? (laughs) Any final thoughts on Selling Sunset? Um, I will say I think Romaine is a star. I'm looking forward to Mm. seeing, you know, what goes on with him next season. Um, I also am, yeah, excited to see how this Chrishell drama continues to unfold. I would love Sheena to be added to the cast. And also, like, fuck Justin Hartley. Justin Hartless. Oh, I fucking hate him. To send a text message, Hannah. Do we, we haven't even discussed this. He sent a text message to divorce his wife, who he'd been with for six years. I mean, honestly, do you know the song Ghost by Katy Perry? Yeah, who doesn't? I mean, it's a beautiful song, but I mean, she literally says, you sent a text. It's like the wind changed your mind. Like, do you think Chriselle listened to that song right after he sent the text? Because I would. Oh, yeah. I'd be just permanently crying in the shower afterwards. P.S. Do you know that? Like, I like love Katy Perry. And like, I had said something maybe like not super nice about one of her (laughs) singles. And I like got attacked on Twitter about it. (laughs) And and people, I literally had to delete all my old tweets because people were like pulling up old tweets about Katy Perry. And they were misunderstanding. I'm like, I had this one tweet where it was Joy Bay. Behar, and it was like mm-hmm. the wind it was from a live episode of the view at disneyland and it was like mm-hmm. joy's like hat flew off and like the mm-hmm. wind took her hat off and mm-hmm. so she was like being blown away and i used that to say like i was being blown away by uh, <laughs> katie perry's song like it was a compliment i was saying like how much i loved i think it was like never really over or whatever oh, um, great song and people thought i was like they, people were like using that tweet against me as if I was making fun of her. And I was like, no, you don't know me. I love Joy Behar. <laughs> like, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> it was like they were, they thought I was like making fun of the song by using this Joy Behar gif or whatever. And um, anyway, so I just want to clear up that rumor. I love Katy Perry, Queen Icon Legend. Yeah, they, the kitty cats came out of the woodwork for you. Also- Have you ever been attacked well- by Stan Twitter? Like any sort, it, there's like this thing Ooh. called Stan Twitter where it's, you know, every artist, every musical diva sort of has like a stand Twitter and they will, they defend their divas. No, but honestly, I dream of having a stand Twitter for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get there. Even when I tweeted about Davina, though, you and I like were, you know, commiserating over Twitter about Davina. I was like, okay, but does anyone on, like, does anyone actually like Davina on Selling Sunset? And someone responded, like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm saying I think she's really annoying. And the person was like, oh, good. I thought you were saying, like, you liked her. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, there was, again, Twitter confusion. I think there's but... a weird unanimous dislike of Davina. And on <laughs> some level, it probably is a nightmare for her because <laughs> I think, like, I've never seen such a unanimous hatred for a woman on television. <laughs> um, but. At the same time, I think when, you know, signing up for reality TV, it's a slippery slope and, you know, no one's feeding you those lines to say. No. Maybe they are in no. Selling Sunset, to be honest. 
Yeah, but like, I, I do. You, how did she, she even get on the show to begin with? That's what I'm curious about. Like, how did she make the cut? I don't know. Like, if Davina can know. get on Selling Sunset, why am I not on a show by now? Like, geez. It's crazy. It's very upsetting. I know. If anyone's listening, so put us on TV shows. <laughs> I really want to do animated voiceover work. And so if somebody has a cartoon or an animated film, let's do it. And yeah. And I'll same, play a like squirrel I... or whatever. Danny, you are in my brain. I was literally going to say I have a voice that I'm reserving for an animated squirrel that I would really like to use. When are we going to get hired, Pixar? When are we... <laughs> if you're listening. Hire us. If you're listening, put us on. We also act. Who wants we to put us act. in a film? Hello. Um, yeah, I think, to be honest, I bet you at the end of that season finale party, I bet you producers were off screen trying to get anyone to say that stuff about Justin Hartley, Heartless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dustin. And I think Davina <laughs> was the only one who probably took the bait. But I wanted, yeah. Mary was sticking up for Chris Shell in that moment, but I like wanted someone to like, re- like on another show on a Vanderpump Rules on a Housewives or something. Somebody yeah. would have stood up and like, fuck you, Davina. And they would have thrown a drink or whatever. Like something more major would have happened. Instead, Chris instead, Chriselle just walked off and it was like sort of ended anticlimactically. That's one of yeah. the things that I was wishing was different about selling. So I was like, I just want someone to be like, fuck, you don't support other women, Davina. Like, what the fuck? I know. I know. Mary sort of handled the, handled it the way I would have handled it because I'm pretty non-confrontational. And she was just sort of muttering under her breath, like, what are you talking about? Like, we have to support her. Like, we support um, her. What like, don't what you do get, you Davina? Like, what don't you get, Davina? And then she was just like, honestly, like, whatever. And, like, just sort of, like, stormed off as well. Yeah. And then people were just like, whoa, Mary's really pissed. As opposed to, to your point, like, Mary getting in Davina's face and being like, you're being a fucking bitch right now. She's in the middle of a divorce. How dare you? And every actor or character on Selling Sunset is so low stakes that even Davina like on another show like none of us would hate Davina because she was just sort of like you said muttering under her breath she's like well I mean there's two sides to a story (laughs) that's really all I mean when you really look at it it's like that's really all she said but we were like that was the only thing for us to latch on to so we were like oh that motherfucking asshole (laughs) (laughs) she She made big waves (laughs) very quietly just like well there's two sides and it was like I fucking hate her yeah um oh, anyway, man. it's a good show. I hope everyone it's watches it show. if you haven't already. And we hate Dustin Harless. Yeah. And Hannah, um, tell everyone uh where to follow you. Your your podcast, it was Brown Eyed Unicorn, and now it's called Not Aspirational. You rebranded. So tell people about I, it. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Danny. This is always such a joy. Um yeah, I rebranded my podcast. It's called Not Aspirational with Hannah Brown. Um and Right now I'm recapping Roni, but I want to lean more into sort of interview style episodes. The goal is to examine the human experience through a pop culture lens. So check it out. I have a lot of fun. So listen to that and hopefully you'll invite me on one one of these days. Yeah, well, you're booked and busy. Oh, also follow me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter or Hannah A. Brown zero on the TikToks. Wow, you really just wheelbarrowed over that request to be on your <laughs> show. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Danny, you know you're always welcome and you are much better than me. I was not expecting that, Hannah. <laughs> you were just like, oh, fuck that request. <laughs> okay, everyone listen to Not Aspirational. Now I'm going to segue into Potomac recap real quick. Are you having feelings on Potomac? Um, I love it. And I it's incredible and refreshing. And it's the only show on Bravo that I want to continue to watch, to be honest. Mm. Okay, um, everyone, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to recap. Hannah, I love you. We'll talk soon. And um, thank you. Love you. Can't wait to have you on the show. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. 
That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. LaDom is here. You still have an issue with, with T'Challa? You just want to torture me with that damn bird. No, he okay. really likes you. Hi, T'Challa. He said hi to you the first time he met you. Chachampa ain't going nowhere. Ah, Potomac, the bird is back. I was sort of concerned that that bird might be a one-episode wonder, but it looks like the bird's going to have a season-long arc on The Real Houses of Potomac. And I love seeing every time Karen's face-to-face with that bird. It reminds me of that Tracy Morgan character from SNL, uh, Brian Fellows, you know, the zoologist talk show host. That's what (laughs) Karen Uger reminds me of every time she sees that bird. Uh, I laughed so hard she called it Chachampa in the in the confessional. She said Chachampa ain't going nowhere, and I thought, Father God in heaven, thank goodness, because I am so happy to see Chachampa on screen. Especially, I don't know if you guys followed this, but last week on social media, Monique had posted that the bird had uh, flown the coop, as it were. The bird flew away from Monique's house, and Monique posted an Instagram video like crying, saying that if anyone sees this bird, and I was crying at home. I was watching this video. I'm like so attached to this bird now. And I know previously on Everything Iconic, I'd said, I'm not a bird person. I don't understand it. Now I have an emotional attachment to Monique's bird that I never saw coming. And so when the bird flew the coop, I was devastated. I'm thinking, I hope they find this bird. Thank goodness the bird returned home. What was that? Wasn't there a movie called Fly Away Home about birds and Anna Paquin? Was that a fever dream or did that happen? I think it happened. There was a movie called Fly Away Home. Uh, where birds flew the coop and then returned or something, and Anna Paquin starred. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, Monique's bird returned. Chachampa is home now and safe and sound and learning uh, to potty uh, at the right potty. Do you see she's potty training the bird? I didn't even know that was a thing. But now, uh, you know, again, emotional attachment. And I was so happy to see Chachampa on screen. She was just potty training. She walks it on a leash, she potty trains it, and just scares Karen. Scares every time Karen's shown up for a scene at work to film her TV show, uh, a bird's shocking her. Every time she a door opens and Karen's face to face with Chachampa. I mean, it is such great TV. I'd like to see an Animal Planet spinoff. Is that still a channel? Is Animal Planet still around? We're not sure, but I'd like to see a spinoff about Monique, Karen, and the bird. Uh, and I mentioned it was on social media. Monique was having this issue. And again, luckily, she updated us, the bird returned home. But there were so many other things going on in Potomac social media. And before I sat down to record this recap, I was going to try to like look into all of it because people sometimes tweet me or DM me and they say, oh, look at this Instagram Live they did or look at these tweets or whatever. There's a lot of stuff coming at me when it comes to the Bravo stuff. And sometimes I just put it off and I think I'll go look at it later or I'll look at it before I recap so I could be fresh in, in my head. But with the Potomac stuff, there was too much going on. There was like a drunk Instagram Live with Karen. There were tweets from Candace. There was just a lot happening. And I'm going to try to keep the recaps focused on what happens on the show. But I would like to say that I I think we need to keep all this stuff in the show universe because, or, or on the TV screen, I should say, because it was getting very confusing. And I'm getting my timelines mixed up because I'm hearing 
about things people are saying on an Instagram live or, and it's a lot to, it's a lot to take in. And so if any of the wives are listening, I hope we can just maybe like, let's leave it on the TV show. You know, I like a little bit on online, like I like a shady Instagram comment or something like that. But when it's like a two hour Instagram live that I'm expected to catch up on to understand what's going on with these women, that's a little bit too much. I would say, I would say. Uh, and we do address some of the social media stuff on the show. So this week on the show, we open at that dinner that we had a to be continued at last week. And it's Ashley's coming out dinner. And I felt bad for her because it's her first dinner out after or as she's dealing with this postpartum. And I'm already so concerned with her because I know how difficult it can be to leave the house when you're in a dark mental space. Uh, and so she gets out of the house. She gets to a dinner table with these people who are her friends plus her arch nemesis, Candace. And now she's got to talk about how Candace had tweeted these things at her, uh, tweeted that she was a wench. <laughs> and they're all talking about this at the dinner table. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I feel bad. Ashley's never going to want to leave the house again. She's got to talk at the things that Candace said about her and, and Michael. She said something about Michael being an overseer, I think, or I don't know if I missed that. But there was, you know, Candace says way too much. She needs to maybe hop off Twitter. It's just a suggestion. Uh, maybe just close Twitter. Sometimes we need to get off social media, take a little break. It's healthy for all of us. You know, I've been trying to step back from Facebook because I find Facebook to be a little bit too much for me. It's a little overwhelming. So I take a step back from that. I'm on, I'm on Instagram and Twitter a lot, but you know, every once in a while you need to take a step back. I have some issues with Facebook in general, not with anyone personally, but like the company as a whole, the organization, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, uh, Ashley's coming out dinner is with the woman who not only pulled a knife on her, but then also called her a wench on Twitter. That's the point I'm trying to make. And uh, Wendy's also there, the new housewife, and she, I think, was drinking wine out of a martini glass, if I saw that correctly, but it doesn't matter because I love Wendy. I love her. I love getting to know her family. We saw her at home with the kids. She's got the three boys, I believe, and the the one daughter, the new baby daughter, the hot husband who's an attorney. The mom, who was gorgeous as well, wasn't the mom stunning? She looked like Portia's mom uh, from The Real Housewives of Atlanta, I thought. She was just stunning. And I was just so happy to get to know her family. Uh, I was so happy to get to know her family. But before we even saw that scene, we got to back up a little bit. Sorry, I skipped ahead. Uh, so they finish this dinner, and everyone's feuding, but they all sort of just decide, like, okay, well, we're making a truce. We hate each other, but we, we're making a truce. So Karen finished up her fish. She's the whole time everyone's fighting. Karen's just like, I want to eat my fish. I want to enjoy my fish. Um, but so they all decide to make a truce. They leave the restaurant and the one of the waiters came out with like two big bags of food. And I believe he handed them to Ashley. And I got to say, uh, lately, especially during this pandemic, when I've been ordering food takeout or, or delivery food, I feel like I order meals for like seven meals. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'll order tons and tons of food. And in my head, I'll justify it by saying, you know, I'll eat this over the course of two or three days. And that inevitably, I eat it all in one sitting, right? Like, I sit down immediately when it comes, and I just shovel it in my mouth like I'm a vacuum cleaner and uh, inhale it. But I saw Ashley getting all of this food in bags, and I thought, she's bringing that home to Michael, and they're going to uh, feast on that. And she had a rough dinner. It was the first time out she had a rough dinner. I was so happy to see that she was getting to-go bags so that she could emotionally eat when she got home. Because sometimes we all just need to cry into some takeout, and it makes us feel better, right? It's not a healthy thing, but it does help, I believe. And so we all leave this restaurant. They all hate each other. Then we see this little moment where they break the fourth wall. They're doing it on Potomac now. We've been talking about it on all the franchises across the board. And we get a little moment where they show us the audio. They show us that little like audio. It looks like a heart rate monitor, but it's just like the audio moving up and down. And they show us that on screen. It's between Monique and Candace. It's off camera. We're just seeing like a, a still frame of the restaurant they just left. And we see this audio. And Monique says something like, we got to talk about this off camera. It was very unclear, but I did get goosebumps. I don't know what the fuck they were saying. I honestly, I rewound it twice. Believe me, I rewound it twice because I was trying to transcribe it. Uh, like I was some court, uh, steno what do they call that? The person in court who takes the notes, stenographer. Is that a map person? I'm not sure. 
stenographer. Is that someone who makes a map? It doesn't matter. Uh, no need to correct me. We're just going to say it's someone who takes notes in the courts. And I was trying to do it. I was trying to take notes of this audio. And uh, I couldn't figure it out. All I could really get was that Monique said, we got to talk about this off camera. And I was so fascinated that they were showing us this because I, I believe what they were trying to say. And Candace said this in her confessional, that Monique is very different off camera. And I love that producers are showing us this. And I hope they show us more. And I hope we get some clarity on what these conversations were because I didn't understand exactly what was happening. I got to say, though, I think Monique... Is she the best-looking housewife, just physically the best-looking human on a Housewives franchise? Is she? Because I think she's stunning. She's stunning. Uh, anyway, then we have this scene between Ashley and Michael at a baby store. Bebe store. And uh, Ashley, who I'm, like, really loving right now. I'm really on Team Ashley for some reason. I never really cared for her last season or the season before, but now I've switched. You know, we turn on a in an instant on these women, and we, we fall in love with them, and then we fall all out of love. Well, currently, I'm in love with Ashley. And she had this moment where she's at the baby store. Again, we know she's barely getting into the house. She catches a reflection in the mirror, and she said, oh, I'm looking good. I'm looking great. And she looked cute. And you know what Michael said? Michael, that asshole. He said, could you fucking hurry up so I can get to work? <sighs> After all he's put her through. Come on, Michael. Come on. Come on. Enough, Michael. After all you fucking put her through, you're going to say, can you hurry up so I can get to work? You're not going to say, yes, you do look beautiful, honey. Yeah, you look amazing. You look fantastic. You look phenomenal. She looked great at that baby store. And he couldn't even say that. He just said, hurry. Could you fuck? This was his exact word. Could you fucking hurry up so I can get to work? Fuck you. What an asshole. I was so pissed at him. And of course, we know all the things he put her through. And yes, she is sticking by him. And yes, you make your bed, right? That What's that saying? You make your own bed and you got to lie in it. And that's what she's doing. But I still do not like the way that he's talking to this woman. Not at all. And I bet he, he thought they wouldn't show that. And they showed it. And I bet there's worse that they could show. And I hope they show it. I hope they show it. I was so pissed at him. Then we get a scene of Giselle and Robin at home uh, with in front of a renovation, like they're renovating the house. And I'm sort of bored by these two, I'll be honest. They're talking about how Giselle's girls don't want her to get back with Jamal. I'm just sort of bored by Giselle and Robin this season. I don't know, their energy kind of brought me down in this scene. Again, loved them last season, but now I'm switching, so it is what it is. Uh, then we have that scene of Wendy at home, which we already kind of talked about. Uh, the, uh, Wendy's mom is teaching them Ebo and I like them. I'm excited to learn more about them. Uh, then Candace and Chris, they're shopping at a little boutique and, uh, Candace reveals that she's going to buy something for Ashley. And then they also talk a little bit about this Monique feud. And again, remind you guys, this is layers. This is why Potomac is so good because there's layers of these feuds. Giselle's currently, uh, kind of friendly with Monique. And Monique's feuding with Candace. Candace is now sort of making up with Ashley. There's a lot happening. And that's what makes it so good. Layers. Okay, so then uh, we have that scene with the bird. We talked about that. Cha-champa. <laughs> Cha-champa. Monique said with that bird, she said he's ready for his nap. And I'm like, how do you know the bird's ready for the nap? How can you tell? <laughs> how do you know this? Uh, anyway, then there's a scene with Giselle and Jamal on a boat. And I don't... I fell asleep. You guys, I did. I'm not even kidding you. That's not even me being metaphorical. I did take a little nap during this moment. I was tired. It's been a long, a long few days. And I, I just closed my eyes for a second. And I forgot to pause it. And then I had to go back and start from there again because I had fallen asleep, like legitimately fell asleep when Giselle was on the boat with Jamal. And I'm not sure what happened exactly, but I, it was a little bit boring. It was a little boring. Uh, then uh, we do have Wendy. There's this really funny scene with Wendy telling her baby girl about the president attacking LeBron James. And I just was so, it made me laugh because <laughs> she was just, she was getting into politics with the little baby. And then we see her also doing a uh, political commentary on MSNBC. We see a little clip of it. And it was just so, I think she, this woman is just so impressive. And I'm so excited to learn more about her. She was on MSNBC in the clip on the show talking about Melania and you know, the birtherism, which seeing that 
clip again, I was reminded of that. And it's like, yeah, we're still dealing with that. That birtherism is now rearing its ugly head again with Kamala. And uh, it's disgusting. It's disgusting is what it is. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that because I'll just get upset. But then uh, we have this Ashley sippancy. Ashley's doing a sippancy with baby Dean, who's adorable. And I would never do this, I don't believe. I wouldn't have a sippancy for my baby. I'd just post a picture on Instagram and I'd say, here, sip something at home and here's the pictures. You could see it. Here's my baby. See it. <laughs> I don't understand the sippancy thing. It's weird to me. And Ashley doesn't even want people to hold the baby. She's worried about Dean getting eye herpes from someone, she said. A direct quote. And look, I get it. Who wants all these people at their house just holding their baby and all these germs? I was thinking the same thing. Not necessarily eye herpes. But I was thinking, you know, there's lots of germs when everyone's just grabbing hold of your baby. Like it's a fucking hot potato. I mean, everyone's just grabbing it. But Candace does get, uh, does come to the sip and see and Ashley let Candace hold the baby. And that made me cry a little bit because I know this sordid history that these two have. And so I was so happy that they seemingly are making up. And I'm excited about that. Uh, there was also some weirdness between Wendy and Karen. They're having a lot of awkwardness, and I don't understand exactly what it's about. They haven't really revealed to us. The only thing we know is that Karen had known Wendy and now is pretending that she doesn't exactly know her very well, which I'm on the edge of my seat. I want to know more. I want to know more. Giselle is still kind of stirring the pot a little bit. And I'll be honest, maybe this is why I'm starting to turn on Giselle, because she does this every season, and it feels oftentimes like... I don't know. It's feeling like she's not getting in the mix. She's just stirring it up so other people are in the mix. In other seasons, I think there was more of Giselle getting involved instead of just stirring the pot. Does that make sense? Uh, But right now, as it is, it just feels like Giselle is just stirring that pot and then stepping back. Uh, Candace does call someone a flip-flopper. I wrote in my notes, Candace said, you're a flip-flopper. Don't know who it was. Sorry. I was just waking up from my nap and I was taking notes on this show. Um, but, oh, Karen looked amazing. I love that Fendi outfit she was wearing. Loved it. Uh, then, oh, Candace decides to leave. There's a lot of feuding. Candace says, I'm leaving. Ashley goes and follows Candace outside and they have a little talk and I was so happy. Candace started crying. I wasn't happy that somebody was crying, but she started crying. She did the tissue fold up in the corner of the eye, which she always does flawlessly. Every single episode, we get a little corner tissue of Candace. And then Ashley says, let's talk about us. Like, forget the relationship you have with Monique. Forget the Sharice stuff that came up again at the party. Let's talk about you and I. And then Candace says, I think we should find another time. And I'm thinking, why do we need to find another time? You guys are sitting on a bench alone with the camera crew. This is the perfect time to talk about it. Didn't make any sense to me. Could have talked about it right there. We had the camera crew ready. It's almost like these women, they want to go home so they could prepare how they're going to have this conversation, take notes, write out their reads, you know, all that stuff, so that they could come in the scene fresh. And I feel like that's what happened here. It's like they could have just resolved their issues, but instead Candace is like, no, I got to go figure out what I want to say in that scene. (laughs) Get my script ready. Uh, Anyway, then Giselle is stirring up the Monique and Sharice stuff. Sharice is also at this party. And Monique is not interested. She says, it's time for my podcast. I gotta go. And again, Giselle just stirring that pot. Karen is trying to stay out of it. She just says, I want some more food. She wants to eat here. And Monique gets up and leaves. That's the episode. Next week, we have Karen and a singing telegram. Uh, She's dancing. I think Robin said she looks like Pepto-Bismol. It looks fantastic. Cannot wait. And then some Candace versus Giselle. A lot of stuff happening. A lot of stuff happened. Potomac layers. We got a lot going on. I'm very excited about this season. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back later this week with uh, Real Houses of Beverly Hills New York recap. And uh, yeah, I hope you all go back and listen to my interview with Jill- uh, Gillian Jacobs, who was fantastic. We talked about her career, her life, as well as Roni. And then I also did a Real Houses of Beverly Hills recap on that episode. I think it was a great episode. I really, uh, you know, I really thought it was good. So I hope you listen to it. And then if you want to support this podcast, go to the Patreon page patreon.com slash everything iconic. I'm doing Sex in the City recaps. I just done uh, the first two episodes over there. I'm doing one a month. I know it's not a lot. I'm going to try to do a little more than that, but I'm 
would rather under-promise over-deliver, and it's hard to keep up. I'm doing two episodes of the main show uh, and trying to keep up over there. So uh, more importantly, the money just helps to support this podcast, and then hopefully people enjoy those bonus apps. So uh, with all that said, thank you guys for listening. I love you. Let's do a little cool down. Let's do a cheesy little breathing exercise so we can all go about our days and feeling strong and happy and healthy. Let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's working right now. I know a lot of kids are starting to go back to school and people are doing that from home. So I want to just send uh, love and strength and all of that stuff to all the parents out there who are teaching their kids now uh, from home and taking care of the kids and uh, also having to go to work and do all of this stuff in the middle of a pandemic. It's a lot for anyone to handle. So uh, I just want to say good job to anyone out there who's handling any of it, because it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. Uh, so try to uh, treat yourself a little bit. Do something that makes you happy, makes you feel good. I love you guys, uh, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 